0: what's up lacrosse fans welcome back to lacrosse flash podcast network as it's time for another settle down please it's time for another lax class episode 153 is about to come your way jake elliott and back once again is the president general manager owner of the toronto rock jamie dowick uh recording on a holiday monday here jamie as i'll welcome you in right off the top uh i'm we just kind of talked about this before we started rolling here i'm not going to say happy thanksgiving to you what i will say is happy national indigenous peoples day how's it going
2: Going okay, buddy, how you
0: doing, man? Good weekend, yeah. It was a pretty good weekend. I what did I do? I got to call a football game out there in Langley. My Rams are still perfect as uh, they they whooped up on the Huskers from the valley there over the weekend. Uh, spent a couple of days over at, at Danny's place, got myself a turkey dinner, got the, my daughter over there as well, which was nice to hang out with her family and my family at the same time. I actually got a little uh, holiday nap in here on a Monday, which is never a bad Ooh. idea. So I might have some extra energy for recording there time. Uh, so that that was good, and never never turn down a good nap opportunity. Uh, what about you? How was your How was your weekend? Your Thanksgiving weekend?
2: Well, it was pretty good. I had uh, one kid come home, um, and one kid, Josh, head back. So, Luki came home for the for the week. So he was home for Thanksgiving, and uh, Josh has uh, been home for the couple weeks recovering from surgery, and yeah, he how's took that? off today. How's he, so, how's he
0: doing with that? He's doing
2: okay. He's, I mean, you hey, listen, you know how it is. He's two weeks away two weeks into like major knee surgery. So, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's moving around and stuff. Uh, Still feeling but the pain. you know, like,
0: well, I'll tell you, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm a month, like I think it'll be a month tomorrow. Um, that I'm out of this. I'm sitting in a chair normally, uh i'm like been driving i don't know if i'm really supposed to say that because i don't think i'm supposed to be driving but i've been driving which isn't particularly comfortable but i'm walking around like aid free and and like again every day every week i i feel some significant improvements so uh tell him to hang in it's coming and he'll start to feel better very very soon and and uh, program this week, Jamie. We got we got a real good one lined up, and big assist to you, as in quarter two lacrosse the nation. Uh, don't don't get it confused with lacrosse the Americas. There, I don't know if you caught a whiff of that or not, Jamie. But uh, lacrosse the nation here, we're talking to none other than Cody Jameson from Six Nations, Ontario. And I can't think of a better guy. We were kind of on the same page with this. We we're like, what do you want to do next weekend? It was almost like we we jinxed each other. We we're like, yeah, Cody Jameson, Six Nations. Let's do it. So um, good on you. Uh, he he didn't reply to me, but then he actually replied to me and said, sorry, I didn't reply to you. I didn't even notice your text until I saw it two days after Jamie texted me. So good on you uh he he paid attention to you and cody's actually at the the argos and tiger cats game that is going on as we speak right now so we may have to talk to cody about that i didn't ask you about your football weekend this weekend
2: jamie how'd that go oh i'm i'm glad you did i had a couple absolutely monster fantasy performances uh so, I'm pretty fired up. Need a little help. I'm in a good spot for my other league to go 3-0 and tonight. So, fantasy-wise, great. Picks. Broncos suck. Oh, Broncos yeah, Steelers suck. got them, yeah. I got a little bit of a bone with Lewis Reckless. If he listens to the program, yeah. taking a few shots at my Broncos. He Didn't might. want to get into a little Twitter war. But, you he know, might, as a yeah. Seahawks fan, I'd be laying low right now. Well, wow.
0: so. shit, man. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like... It's it's kinda like it's over, like the season's over. But I don't wanna I don't wanna count my man Geno Smith out yet. Um but Gino he, will be okay. He worked he's him down Russell the field, ninety seven yards They're coming into the game yeah, flat cold, but listen, I long term I he's been smart. around
2: long enough yeah. that if he can't be serviceable, then what the hell are you keeping him around for? But he's not Russell Wilson. No, nobody so is. Nobody, so is. nobody you know, is. and they're and they're they're in tough there. The Rams and, and the Cardinals both are legit and, and I think the Niners aren't a bad team either. So they're, they're in a, they're in a tough division. They
0: are. And it, listen, if it's gotta be, it's gotta be, uh, it happens. Like I, Sam Fran went through crazy injuries last year and, and suffered the the cause of it. So it happens to everybody. And, uh, I'm prepared to soak one here for the Hawks this year, if that's what it comes to. So anyways, uh, lacrosse nation Cody James in quarter two, quick sticks, quarter three, as per usual, Stampede Stallion of the Week is coming up. Your pick. You're going to make me work for it again here, Jamie, as it's your selection. I love it. So I'll look for it. I'll get my guessing hat on. I was pretty brutal two weeks ago, which makes me a little bit nervous leading into this week. But um, I'll do my best. That's all I can do. And... Of course here in quarter 1 we got the big focus coming up and we were slapping around a, a couple of ideas on what we wanted to do for the big focus and uh, we're going to we're going to take a look at the western div- division western con- is it conference or division I never know like we could kind of flip flop there for a couple of years. what are we at is it western division or western conference
2: as far as I'm, I don't know what we are, but it can be either as far as I'm concerned. The West. I,
0: okay, we're going to look at the West yeah. and we'll figure out if it's a division or a conference. I think once we get to 16. It's then we're, both,
2: really. Yeah, yeah we're going to have
0: four divisions and two conferences, I think, is what's
2: going to happen. Whoa, you got, you got some inside information well, there?
0: No, but it stands to reason that's what a couple other leagues are doing these days. So I'm just.
2: Well, okay. That's another. That's there's the one for another. I, I what do you think? Disagree.
0: Okay, you'd I rather just like go. It. I don't. I. I'm a fan. Like I, I would like, like to it. see. Give me one to sixteen, and give me the the best top ten or whatever, and seed them that way. Regardless of whether they're in the West or the East, I want. I always want
2: to see the two okay, best but you teams. You got to factor in. You got to factor in I know. And, you know. So, I know. So what's? So don't you think? What what about eight and eight? Yeah. Like I, I think I th- the thing I like. So what about do you
0: go? Six this, six and six? Pardon me? So if it's sixteen teams, not everybody's making the playoffs.
2: No, man. So uh, how many are you taking yeah, this isn't my <laughs> No, dude. So how, I mean, how many eight, are you four, taking? Four. 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 So I mean, so four top eight side. Okay. Top Listen, the playoffs aren't charity. You gotta earn that. Four teams from each conference
0: or division are missing the playoffs, is what you're telling me.
2: Absolutely. It's no different than it is. It is no different than it is now. It used to be brutal. It used to be like eight of nine teams made it. I mean, listen, you gotta earn it. And and in an eight-team conference, you're playing seven the seven teams twice is 14 division games. So 14 of your 18 games have to be division games. It's perfect. Cause you, you determine your own fate. You play everyone in your division equally. Well, at least twice, maybe some three times, but you know, the, I think that's how you truly, because here's the problem. If you get down to, if you get, you know, to me, you can only have eight teams making the playoffs. Well, what about and if you get down to, if you get down to four divisions, you know, Two teams from each division. What? What, do you, what if? Like, what if you have the NFC East over the past few years, and really you have two teams that you know aren't in the top eight overall? That, that to me doesn't make sense. How about but, ten
0: and first place in each conference get a bye, and then you're and then you're looking at two versus four or two versus five, three versus four.
2: Okay, and then what do you do with the next round?
0: Well then the, the lowest seed left plays the number one seed and, and the other two playoff.
2: No, no, no. You got three teams now. Cause you have two teams win in the right. first round. Well, there goes you that can't... idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's math, dude. So it's either eight or twelve. And you know, twelve's way too many. Way too many. Amazing. I listen to me, you gotta earn the playoffs and, and uh you know, so uh, I I have no problem with that. Um, I don't know what just happened, but
0: my sound levels just changed dramatically for some reason. Uh, You're getting me fired up I'll get that dialed in as we move along here. My apologies. Did not adjust your your speakers. I'll figure that out. But I think you're right. I think 12 is too many, but I don't know if eight is enough. Do you think, like, 15 other board members are going to sign off on
2: just four making it? Well, what is it right now, Joe? Oh, man. It's It's been so long, I don't even know. Okay, so you... Here you go. You got two conferences. You got the East and the West. There's six teams in the East. There's eight teams in the West. Four teams in the East make the playoffs. Three teams in the West make the playoffs. Mm. If the fifth-place team in the East has a better record than the fourth-place team in the West, they cross over. But only four teams make it. So if you're looking at it from your hometown Vancouver hat, you know four of six teams make it. But in the East, four of eight teams make it. So, but we're you know, adding next, two more next teams year. Show. Vegas comes in, and right. there's seven there. So now four of seven, and you get one more. And now it's four of eight. It's the same as the East. All right. So you have to you have to find a Western team, and then you know, and if you try to get to you know, if you try to get to four divisions, you're going to have one division with a couple expansion teams and back to back years. And you're forcing your sixteenth team into a certain geographical demographics for for who they are. And that,
0: okay, you know. I bend the knee to the throne here, Jamie, and I will admit when I am in the wrong. And I, after you laying it out to me like that right there, I will completely agree that that is the best formula to go ahead
1: with. What?
0: OK, well, I mean, that's not hard, right? Like, and, and listen, if I if I feel like uh, I'm wrong on something like you just saw right there, I will admit that, OK, maybe I didn't have the best idea. And I think, like I said, the way you just laid out that entire scenario, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And it's going to make that the regular season a whole lot more interesting and important when only half of that conference is making it.
2: Right, and four at least four. I mean, I have sixteen, I think, again, because I double. I play Buffalo three times, and I think I play Halifax three times. So I have sixteen of my eighteen games are in my division. So that means all, every one of those games is incredibly important because they're your, division.
0: You got Vancouver, and who else? That's not in your
2: division. Um, San Diego. Okay,
0: <laughs> in San Diego is it in San Diego?
2: No, it's oh, in the hammer in say, Hamilton.
0: I was gonna say your t road game in the West Vancouver in San Diego. That's shocking. Uh, that'd be that'd be quite the the, the couple of road trips there. But uh, seals yeah, are coming. Yeah, no. In. Okay,
2: they're coming to us.
0: Fair enough. Um, okay, well, like we kind of played. We listen look,
2: just to close that topic yeah, out. Yeah. Believe me, that you know, with that was a there was a lot of conversation about what the divisions were going to be. And, and, you know, there were some people that wanted four divisions right now. And, you know, we talked about this for months. And, you know, yes, I'm very p- passionate about my opinion on that that topic and, and was very loud about it. I'm not, you know. That's good. Um, and, but, but I do believe it is absolutely the right thing to do. And I think it's going to make for, you know, er- more than ever, Every night matters, man, and, uh, and and at the same time, you control your own fate as far as what you do. So, what else can you ask for?
0: True enough, true enough. I think, uh, like I said, I think you're, I think you're on on point there. Um, I mentioned off the top, Jimmy. I didn't want to say Happy Thanksgiving to you, and and as I mentioned, like I celebrated being thankful for a lot of different things, being around family and and having great food to eat and a roof over my head and, you know, lacrosse on the horizon, a lot of things to be thankful for. But, you know, over the last couple of years, as I've educated myself a little bit more about the history of the Indigenous people, it has become increasingly difficult for me to wish somebody a happy Thanksgiving now that I kind of know what, I know about Columbus Day and the genocide of people and their land getting stolen and all the rest of it. So I, like I mentioned, I Indigenous Peoples Day is today, and and I don't want to tell anybody what they should think or say or believe, but I would like to encourage people to educate themselves on what exactly Thanksgiving is, the true history of the day and the holiday. And mo- maybe most importantly, what the indigenous and how they relate their culture to the day of Thanksgiving. And you know, you make up your mind after it all uh and decide what you think is right. But for me, like I'm not, I'm just not going out on social media anymore, Jamie, and wishing people happy Thanksgiving out of respect to the indigenous. I just. I don't feel comfortable doing it anymore. And I'm not, I don't think I am going to do it anymore. And not that I don't enjoy like hearing Thanksgiving, like happy Thanksgiving and appreciate it coming from other, like, I just, I don't know. How do you feel about it before I untangle my tongue from my own mouth here?
2: Well, I mean, listen, I I, I think I I hear what you're saying and, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I could educate myself a little more on, on that topic. And, um, uh, you know, I, I I've just kind of lived my life. You know, like I'm not the guy on the, on the social media, kind of doing that stuff and this and that. I, I you know I I respect everyone and every religion and every group and every everything and and everyone has different beliefs on different things. And I you know I, I've got no issues with all that. And you know it's kind of fitting we got Cody on here. Yeah, today. maybe I- Cody. Maybe Cody could touch on that a little bit, not to get too off off, off track. But you know, I, the, the beautiful thing about the whole lacrosse community and the indigenous community, like I, I continue to learn more and more every day, Good. and it's like it, it's never ending, right? Oh, it like, really? Isn't. We had
0: it really. We isn't. had
2: that. We had on the on the call a few weeks ago. Um, it. From Aquas. Yeah, Gluwede. And, you know, like, learned a lot from him. And and then I, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name. It's terrible that I can't. But um, we had someone come in and, and speak to our uh, our staff, the, the entire office, and, and talk about the tradition. And he talked about the game and the creator's game. And, you know, it was neat to talk to him after talking to Gluwede and, and, and about the traditions. It was just so... I, I, you know, I have a, you know, a lot of respect for, for the indigenous myself and, and, you know, to hear you say these things, it kind of makes me, you know, think of things in a bit of a different light and, and tells me that maybe, you know, something that I should look into a little more.
0: Yeah, it's just not a day that they, like for the indigenous they they don't have thanksgiving they literally give thanks on a daily basis for the meals that they eat the land that they live on all the rest of it it's every day is essentially thanksgiving for the indigenous and and they just they don't look at the holiday like we do and and when i say we do i'm referring to to caucasians and and other races as well so it uh it's something to think about, something to learn about, and, and again, you can make up your own mind and feel about it how you, you choose. That That's kind of where I come out on it. Uh, Jimmy, we're um, 18 minutes in here. We haven't even got to the big focus in quarter number one, so why don't we do that right now? Big focus time.
1: Big focus, big focus, focus. Another than a big focus, focus, big focus.
0: focus big focus, focus, uh, big focus. We were kind of kicking around again. What are we? What are we talking about here in the big focus this week? As we've mentioned a few times, and I feel like I've said as I've mentioned like 700 times this episode for some reason. Anyways, as we've talked about uh, over the last few weeks, there's this is kind of like the the downtime of lacrosse time here, the the gap in between the draft and training camp starting, which is like 18 days away here for the Vancouver Warriors, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 17 now. Uh, so that is pretty fantastic. Just a couple of weeks away. I can't believe it. But uh, with that being said, there I did it again. We want to talk about The prognosis or the outlook here for for both conferences or divisions, whatever you want to call them. Uh, So we're going to start in the West this week and just take a look at, well, where you think, where I think uh, teams may fall. Their chances of making the playoffs, a chance to win a championship, all that sort of stuff. So just kind of off the cuff here stuff, Jamie, but uh, I don't know where you want you like. You want to just want to go team by team
2: or how do you want to start it? Like maybe do we start with Panther City? Sure. I, I'm good. To, yeah, wheel out. You know what? Actually, I mean, listen, why don't we start at the top? Okay. Just because I think, you know. I, is, that I, Calgary mean, so the,
0: is that Calgary being the defending champions or do you think another team... Is starting this new season as the clear-cut favorite, being
2: the best team in the league. Well, listen. I mean, if you had asked me a year ago, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in, uh, you know, Calgary. uh, Listen, Calgary's in the conversation. I don't want to stay at the top. I'm I'm more look at it in groups. So let's let's okay. We'll start with Panthers. One, you know. Let's start with okay. I'm going uh, backwards. Here. Okay, like it, it, here, here's a couple things that I think are pretty safe to say for me when I look at the Western Conference. Yeah, okay, at, at the end of the day, the, Sask, the Saskatchewan Rush are going to be in the mix, and they're going to be fighting for a championship. Um, I don't, I don't care if their goalies, you know, a little unknown or unproven yeah. to anyone outside that's really the only
0: question here uh when you're talking about the saskatchewan rush jamie is that adam shoot can he do it for a full 18 games for the rush and listen when evan kirk went down with a hammy i won't think it was last year but the year before that and he missed about eight games i think shooter went five and three in that time and this was two years ago and like I had, I was like personally, I internally, I was like, oh my god, like Adam Shute is now the starting goaltender of the Saskatchewan Rush. How is this gonna go? I think he went five and three in that time, and I think I really, truly believe that that cemented the belief in in Keenan and Macomb that they could do it in front of this guy. And and we're going to be okay if they happen to lose Evan Kirk, which I think they had a pretty good feeling was going to happen. So they didn't like go out and try and swing a big blockbuster deal for another bona fide starting goaltender. They believe in Adam shoot. They got pretty much all their, their pieces back defensively that core uh, just signing messenger recently. They lose Hosick, but that's about it. And they still got another four young guys coming through the pipeline. But for this year alone, there's no weakness in that rush lineup and I see him sitting at the top of the standings come come playoff time.
2: Yeah, I mean like I said, I, and and no better place for shoot to start in front of that defense cuz they're one of the I best. Might, in the well, so, no, I might watch
0: do not. I want to get that carried away, the,
2: but you know, like they're, <laughs> there's no question they're, they're one of the best in the league. Want, so he's in a good situation yeah. and like I said, they'll they'll 100% you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to finish first in the regular season. I'm just saying they'll they'll you know they'll 100 percent be in the mix. Probably a have a home game
0: in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, so, they're, they're
2: legit. They're legit. We're so, we're in like, agreement. Or so. let's let's flip to the other, the other end of it for okay. me. I mean, and and you got to look at Panther City. I mean, uh, they are an expansion team. Uh, you know, uh, for history, you know, tells tells you that that's going to be tough sledding, and and I think it is. And you know, when I when you look at the teams as a whole in the West, you know, I, I think if Panther city could make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Huge I, I that, for them. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be real tough sledding for them. So, um, you know, they're going to have to deal with the Sass and the Calgary's and the San Diego's and the caller, you know, all, of them, all of them. So they're, they're going to be in real tough there and go through, you know, the growing pains of being an expansion team. So, you know, that to me, that kind of takes one out of the. And, the, and listen, you know, four yeah. four of the teams are going to make it, and and two aren't, and I think they're one of the teams that aren't going to make it. I, just like I think sas guaranteed one of the teams that are going to make it. So. You know, those, that kind of takes those two out of it for me. How do you feel about them? I concur. And
0: listen, I know you are in, in a tough spot when it comes to sitting here talking about other teams' <laughs> chances to to make playoffs and what they're going to do in the season. It'll be even tougher for you next week when we start talking about Eastern teams and where you're located and, and your opponents and all the rest of it. So I know it's not an easy thing for, for you to do, but regardless, I appreciate the efforts. And I'm just... I'm looking up and down the the Panther City roster here. Ryan Binesh, Um, obviously the veteran of of that group, and and some nice young pieces that I think are going to grow together. Uh, led by Hasek on their back end, they're they're pretty solid in goal, I would say. And the biggest thing for Panther City is that they got number one Johnny Donville coming in a year from now and they probably got their their best right-hander Randy Stotts coming in at the same time. So that is going to be a massive injection for that team. Probably coming off another high draft pick as well. So maybe some growing pains in in year number 1 and possibly year 2, but uh good foundation there. Yeah, I don't there. think and,
2: they I don't think they have that draft pick. Oh, okay. Well, there you
0: go. So good I'll say this. Good foundation out of the gates here for an expansion team. And we'll just kind of – and, like, good leaders of men there, too, with Teed and Toler and and TK and and Hammer. Like, I I think the foundation there in Panther City is pretty set. It's just going to take a little time, which you would totally expect with an expansion team. All right. Saskatchewan at the top, Panther City near the bottom. Who do you got coming in in that two-hole in the west? Calgary, San Diego. Vancouver, what do you think?
2: Oh, geez. Yeah, you know, as you're saying, that's good. Listen, man, and, and this is just obviously – my opinions. And, and you got to kind of look at all these teams. And when we talk about the East, yeah, it'll be tough, but you know, I'll just tell you my thoughts on certain teams. I don't want to, like I said, just one on man's opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's just me. So oh, but, by the way, Jim, let, before we let's, go talk, any... let's talk briefly about a couple teams here because like, <laughs> okay. You know, and when we'll get into it, cause you say who's second. Well, listen, Ca- Ca- Calgary is, the defending champion and with the exception of losing Dane Dobie and I don't downplay that because he was their MVP the last time we played two years ago but you know the, the Curtis, coach as well. Curtis you know, the, Dixon signed
0: there in Calgary yeah Jamie
2: I I don't know but I don't I, think so. I would have I would imagine that we will we'll I'm assuming when I'm talking about this that we're going to see Curtis Dixon in that lineup and, right. and they're just they're just you know Real, they'll be in the mix there, 100 percent too, in my opinion. You know, as San Diego's going to be in the mix there too. I mean, gosh, they, we're talking about Dane doby he's gone to that side. You know, they they've got a lot of veteran leadership. You know, Brody there; they got they got some a lot of talent Zachary, up front. Yeah. You know, Zach Jack Austin stats, Westberg, I don't want to leave guys out here, but they got a couple high draft picks. Oh, Keith, you know, they McCoy, they, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they seem to me to be making, you know, a push to, to get it done this year. And, and I think, you know, they've been pretty uh, successful since they came in as an expansion team. So I, I would think that they're definitely going to be uh, in, in the mix here for sure. And, and, you know, having a say in who comes out of the West as well. Um, you know, so I I I I do think for me those those three are kind of the top three teams in the West. Okay. Um, you know, and we can talk about a little more of them, but just to kind of how well, you know, I see the West as an yeah, entire sure. thing. A finish off with you know, then you got Colorado and Vancouver, and and to me, I think both of those teams. Uh, I just don't know. Like they've got a lot of new things going on there. You know, Colorado makes some big deals and they bring in Zed Williams and, and, you know, is Zed going to lead them to the promised land? Like he he has in the PLL and other things like, or, or how's that going to play out? So, you know, they'll, they'll be a good team, tough building to play in. You know, every team's very well coached in this league. I love Brad Sulphur there. You know, and 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 they've been in the you know they're usually fighting for a playoff spot year after year. They oh, got I Dylan think they've Warden. only missed once since they've been in Colorado yeah. or something and, like and, that. And they got Dylan Ward in net, who's one of the best goalies in the game. So you know they're gonna, you know they're not gonna be one of the teams that want to miss. And and then that leaves Vancouver. And you know I think if if you're just gonna look at Vancouver and say write them off as the fourth team. I think that's a mistake. They're very unknown. They've lost a lot of guys on the back end, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't and and a lot of veteran leadership, but that doesn't mean they're going to be worse. Maybe I've gone through injections of youth that have really worked out. And sometimes you, you take chances on guys that wouldn't have got an opportunity otherwise. And it's, it's about the guys taking advantage of that. So you know, Charlton Beatty's up front, that kid can play, you know, I listen, I, I think they're in a takes time. They got some, you know, Mitch Jones, one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. Yep. Um, you know, so they, they got a lot, you know, let's see, I, 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 the questions out there for me, I don't really know what they are right now, but so let me sur- You can summarize here. Yeah. If I, if I can, Yeah.
0: Uh, We talked a lot about Saskatchewan. We talked a lot about Panther City. Colorado, for me, this is where the rubber hits the road. Defensively and goaltending, you know they're going to be solid as you know what. Do they have enough goals in that offense to hang with the rest of the West, which has a lot of firepower up front? So that's, that's my quick take on Colorado. Can they score enough to hang? San Diego, I think they got all the firepower they need up front. Pretty young and and quick coming out of the back end. Can Frank Shiliano, or Shiliano, I don't know where I almost went with Caliando there. Frank Shiliano, can he be a starter in this league for 18 games and give them the kind of goaltending that they need to compete on a nightly basis? We haven't seen it yet. This was their first expansion pick, if I'm not mistaken, starting with the goaltender. And... You know, we saw Damoud come in and kind of spot him. Frankie went down with an injury, had to fight to get his job back. He's clearly going to be the number one guy in San Diego. Again, can Frank Giuliano carry that team through an entire regular season to the playoffs? That is the question for me. So almost the opposite of Colorado. Like, I flipped those two teams. Calgary, clearly losing Dane Dobie, not a good thing. Can Jesse King stay healthy to help supplement that offense they are going to be young right Dan Taylor Martell over there Dixon still unsigned they got to get that Then I don't think Tyler Pace is under contract for the Calgary Roughnecks either so now you're talking about two-thirds of your right-hand side on your offense you know again solid in goal with the phenom Del Bianco. don't have to worry about that and they have turned over their back end pretty nicely over the last couple of years with guys like Callies and Salama and kind of. Yeah, their out.
2: back end is deep.
0: Right. So they, they can run and gun. They can check as well. And and with Del Bianco in goal, they're going to be in every game that they play. Will they take a bit of a step back? I think so. We're talking two years here without playing. It's always going to be a challenge to, to kind of figure these things out. For Vancouver, Obviously, the biggest glaring thing in the off season was losing their captain Matt Beers to Saskatchewan. But the other way I look at this, like, like clearly, what was happening in Vancouver over the last four, five, six years with that veteran presence on the back end, this team needed a major overhaul on the back end, and they've got it with the retirements of of Hawksby and O'Doherty. Um, you can put Joel McCready in that mix as well. They've gone out. They they ended up getting their guy, Kalanich who they wanted from the get-go out of Calgary. They get him out of Panther City. They got the the absolute stud coming in and Reed Bowering. And I think he's gonna plug that Matt Beers hole and then some Yeah, I said it. Um with Reed Bowering coming in. And then you add Charlene Beadies to that that front lineup. You're you're talking Brett Mitske coming in. You're talking about Garrett McIntosh coming into that back end. It's going to be a, a way different looking Warriors team. And I think the offense is loaded for, for Bear here. I think they got enough firepower up front. Again, for me, it comes down to Eric Penny. And can he do it? He's had his opportunities to take that step forward and become the clear-cut number one guy, which I think he is now in Vancouver. And now he has to just grab that rope and start yanking on it and, and lead his team and say, you know what, boys, I'm ready to be the man here in Vancouver and give that team in front of him confidence that their goalie is going to show up on a nightly basis and give them a chance to win. And I'm not saying, like, and th- I put this in Chiliano's court and Penny's court, you don't have to steal games for your team. You just have to give them the chance and the belief that they can win on any given night, and we haven't seen that gotta, yet from either. You had yeah, the
2: best. The best thing is, you got to stop the ball. You got to stop the ones you're supposed to stop. Yeah. that's what you got to do.
0: No bad ones, you no know? stinkers, right? Because that just kills yeah. you. Is
2: Penny is Penny the guy in Vancouver? Like I know my boy Deep would probably well he's going to get a good push. And there's a couple other guys.
0: Yeah, they got three or four goalies. Bouquet. They got so I think that's it, right? It's Fryer, Bouquet, Penny, and those are the three guys. They're going to be where they slot in one, two, three. I think those are the three guys. They're going to be battling. No disrespect to the young guys, but those are the three guys. And you're right. Like I don't think Steve Fryer's coming into camp going, "Yeah, I'm ready to be the backup." Um, but I think it's all there for Eric Penny if he wants to be the number one guy. That's on him to be the number one guy, and I think he can be. Like we, we both know.
2: Yeah, we both know it
0: takes longer, right, for goalies to yeah. t- kind of mature into that position. Some longer than yeah. others,
2: obviously. But
0: I think we're he's not, right there. A, we're not
2: all Christian Del Bianco. No, like, goal, goal. When I first came in this league, like when we started, Rosie he was considered real young, like goalies waited a long time to, to play and stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, Eric, not to get sidetracked here, but Eric Penny, like, you know, Homer's uh, nephew worked at the track for a while before he, you know, moved out West a long time ago and, and great kid loves it and wants it. Um, you know, they need, you know, he's done an okay job, but yeah, he's got a, you know, every gotta all gotta take them. the next they step you... Like it's time. Yeah. Right? It's time. Yeah. The only idea listen, Vancouver, Vancouver hasn't had a draft, you know, they've just finally had draft picks. Yeah. You know, uh first day. round picks. Reed Bowering and Sharon They haven't had draft picks in ten years. Decade, man. A decade. So I mean the, 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 that that is no no excuses or whatever, but you know, that is a factor. You, you can't can, win in this it.
0: league without first round picks, Jamie.
2: You can't do it. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, listen, as a guy that's moved, you know, every first round pick except for challenge, probably since I've owned a team, um, you know, my, like I've said before, my situation's a little different. It you is. know, I'm, gen- an- I'm generally an older team because of that, because I, I, I sign a few older vets when they become available, you know, they're, they're unrestricted free agents. So that's how I kind of, justify to myself moving my draft picks but believe me uh it it, it know, especially it if sure they're helps. high picks yeah like if, especially if they're high picks you need to have those so that you can build your team like that oh well, yeah and if you're giving
0: away your first round pick jamie you're getting like the equivalent and probably then some of a first round pick back so you know do do the math on that right like it's not like you're just giving away your first round picks and signing up unrestricted free agents here you're, you're getting some some value back
2: the other way absolutely absolutely and uh you know and that's more how i do mine but you know i it but it does hurt man i mean you got to uh like i said especially if you have a high pick and you watch a guy go you know and you see him come in the league instantly and make an impact um you know it, it hurts and if you miss those year after year and stuff it and and that's Vancouver, unfortunately, been there. And this is before this group even got there. But you know where they were finishing last and not yeah, having those yeah, picks. Trading away picks re- and
0: finishing last, not a good formula, right?
2: Yeah. And then and then not being able to replenish that way. And if you go that way for a long time, it, it's it set that franchise back. No and And uh, but you know, I think they're you got to build, and I think they have a plan and. You know, should be exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. I think that West, you know, it'll be fun to watch. Dogfight, man. And, Dog yeah, fight. and see, see who's going to do it. I think you can make, you know, a case for most. And, uh you know, hey, it should be exciting, exciting. Every game is going to
0: matter, and you love to see it. Like I mentioned, training camps just around the corner here. It all gets going December the 3rd. And while we're on it, uh, Big Focus brought to you by the National Lacrosse League. And uh, don't forget to sign up for the National Lacrosse League newsletter. Get breaking news information all around your favorite teams and players. Other unique content directly into your mailbox from the NLL. Go to NLL.com, scroll down, and find it on the bottom of the page. Sign up today, and then uh, head over to... To fanatics.ca and buy yourself some gear of your favorite team while you're at it. Jamie Massive, quarter number one. Let's get to break. Quarter number two is coming up. We're going lacrosse the nation with Cody Jamison talking six nations lacrosse. We return episode 153 Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network.
2: Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Sean Williams. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and Boston
0: Cross. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second quarter we go here of episode 153. Jake Elliott, Jamie Dowick with you. And Jamie, as you know by now, uh, here in quarter number two, we like to do a little thing called Lacrosse the Nation and just so happens to rhyme Whoa. with six nations so load up the jet uh, we're heading to six nations ontario going lacrosse the nation lacrosse, lacrosse. It's the nation. lacrosse it's the nation all good right, touchdown. touched down six nay uh i don't think cool if they had a, a runway or a landing strip there on the res but uh back on well, the podcast I'm, sure I'm sure there's a couple <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to go down that road i didn't want to go down that road but back on the podcast is of course a member of the halifax thunderbirds he's a minto cup champion a man cup champion an nll champion an nc2a champion it's Cody's just a champion all around Cody Jameson jammer back on the podcast. Cody. I know, uh, you just finished watching a, a little Hamilton Tiger cats, Toronto Argos live and in person. I'm sorry to say, I, I just saw the score come across my eyes here, but, uh, how are you doing? How was the game and, and welcome back to lax class.
1: And yeah, thanks for having me guys. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun game, entertaining, um, a little heartbreaker for us, tie cats fans, but, uh, and so we'll get him next time.
0: Well, I know uh we we got like now we got two Tiger Cat fans on on the podcast right now because Jamie of mm-hmm. course moving the Toronto Rock to the Hammer for the upcoming season and he was telling me he was kind of indifferent like he's not really an Argos fan he's not really a Tigers fan. but now firmly supplanted here in the Hammer Jamie you got to be o- Oscar Weewee and all, and all that with uh Ty Cats now.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think, I think like, like I was telling you, I was always, you know, kind of an Argos fan just because living in Oakville, I was closer to, you know, I was in the middle and I just kind of was, I wasn't say I was a big CFL fan, but I'd say I was an Argos fan, but not enough to the point of now that I was, I feel like now that I've moved to Hamilton, I, I, I'm i going to get on board with the Ty cats here and, uh, and support them and so i just happened to look at the score knowing cody was there too and i was like oh man the argos won and it's <laughs> so it was uh, uh it was definitely a little weird doing that for the first you know the first time so we'll we'll see i mean Jam, jammer says we'll get him next time i think like i don't know had Ham, toronto ever won in that new stadium it, in it, hamilton it, like they've owned that
0: for anybody there like i think they had their first loss in like nine years or something uh just recently.
1: Yeah. Yeah 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 um good year to jump on the bandwagon though we're hosting the great cup oh. uh, yeah this is my first year getting season tickets me and my buddy um have gone to a bunch of games throughout the years and uh, this was the first year we just kind of jumped on and said we you know we're going to every game this year so nice um, we got our have great you been cup a tickets already. fan for a while yeah yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a huge CFL fan, but if I'm gonna cheer for somebody, it's gonna be the Thai Cats. There
2: you go. Yeah, and you're a big Leaf guy, right?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a Leaf guy. Yep, TyHard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Maybe
0: we should get back to talking
2: lacrosse here. All <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Let, let me let me jump in here and say before we get into this, like Cody, awesome. I appreciate you coming on, and you know, just a little bit before you get into the Six Nations, why we wanted to have you on. We we both kind of jumped that we got to do Six Nations, and then it was just. Both of us said your name at the same time, but, you know, and and obviously you and I have got to know each other a little bit on, on the, on the, you know, business side, like the lacrosse side of stuff, but we don't know each other too personally in this and that. But, you know, to me, what I did want to say and why to me, you should be the guy on there talking about six nations is because ever since I came into this league and it was right around the time when you got drafted, obviously first overall, You know, like, to me, you've set such a good example for, you know, all those future kids grow up, you know, around you on the res and this and that, Let's you know, great, great family guy, went to school, you know, got got a great education, you know, onto that professional career, success across the board everywhere. And just like the poster child for, for all these kids, I've always thought that. You know, I I think that to this day, I know you, you know, and it's not just an image you're giving back with your school programs and stuff over the years. So, I mean, we really did get the right guy on here, and and I know you're at the game, and thanks for doing this, because to me, there's a lot of guys that we could talk to on Six Nations. There's guys that have done it before you. There's guys that will do it after you. But, you know, as far as an example for a lot of future kids and this and that, I don't know if anyone will do it better than you. So my hat off to you on that. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming on to talk about that today.
1: Thanks for the kind words, Jamie. Like you said, there are a lot of guys, you know, I, I learned a lot from a lot of the ones before me and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be the piece, uh, just add my piece to the puzzle. And uh, cause I know what, there's a lot coming up behind me.
0: Well, it's a big responsibility, well, Cody, like, and, and you got some pretty big shoulders, but is that, is that something that, that weighs on you? Like, I know you take that pretty seriously, but is that something you embrace or you feel obligated or do you like totally embrace that and, and, and like that position that you're in?
1: Yeah, honestly, I just live my life. You know, there's a lot of things I'm passionate about and, uh, I just continue on, on down the path that I, that I feel I'm walking, you know, if, if I feel strongly about something, then I post it or I talk about it. And, uh, you know, if I, if I brush over something that maybe some people feel that's a little bit, uh, you know, more then I, then I'm sorry about that. But I just, I do things uh, kind of my way and I just kind of live my life and, uh, you know, try to try to be as good of a person as I can, you know, just the way my, my parents raised me to be a good person. And, uh, my dad still talks about it. Still talks to my kids and my brother's kids, and my sister's kids about the golden rule. That was the big thing uh, growing up in my household. You don't know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. I, I, well, and,
2: it, sorry, Jay. Go ahead. Yeah. No, he 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 said it there. He doesn't do anything different. He just lives his life, and but that's the best part about it because that that's what makes you know he's just doing it, living his life. Those are everyday things. This is who he is. He, he he's setting the example without, you know, necessarily being out there, you know, like he said, he'll speak up on topics and this and that, yeah, well, but he, he's just doing it. He, you know, everyday life for him is setting a great example for these kids in, in the future and, and everyone. So uh, like I said, you know, ties into what I said before, but bang on in his response. And that's what makes great leaders, you know, not someone that's just screaming to get attention or this and that they they. They they lead by example.
0: Yeah, and 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 no, you don't have to look too further back than than the whole lacrosse savage thing that the NLL signed an agreement. You spoke up on that and, and literally instigated change immediately. And I think that's something, Cody, that you've done more so like speaking up on on topics that are a little bit controversial or or obviously passionate to you and you're just kind of like fuck it like i don't care anymore i'm i'm going to say how i feel on this whether you it hurts your feelings or not and and i and i love it so so please keep that up and and <laughs> one of those those topics that i think i'd like to talk to you about with it being national indigenous peoples day and happy national Imp- indigenous peoples day to you of course but it's also Columbus Day it's Canadian Thanksgiving we were talking off the top and i and i said to Jamie like Now that I've kind of educated myself more so over the last couple of years in particular, I have a hard time saying the words Happy Thanksgiving to people. And it's not something I'm going to put on social media anymore. It's not something that I really want to say anymore. I still am very thankful for a lot of things in my life. And I, and I take this weekend in particular to, to be thankful for those. And I still enjoy a good turkey dinner with, with my family and, and friends. I also think that it's, I don't feel comfortable and I don't think it's an appropriate thing for me to say anymore now knowing what I do about what happened or the real history of Thanksgiving, as I use air quotes. and And Columbus Day, I know you can probably explain this a lot better to our listeners than I can about, and and I also mentioned that you guys don't really, you guys, Thanksgiving isn't a thing. This is something you guys do on a daily basis, giving thanks for your land and your food and, and your family and the rest of it. But can you explain why Columbus day is, is not something that is appropriate and why maybe I feel the way I do when I say the words, happy Thanksgiving?
1: Well, yeah. If, if nobody, if you don't know, you know, Christopher Columbus came in 1492 and, and discovered, I'll say that in air quotes America. And I just posted something today that I came across where, you know, I don't know the exact origins and who, and who made it, but um, Eric, like air quotes, a kid in school says uh, talks, they're talking about the Nassau moon landing. And he said, uh, so you're saying Neil Armstrong discovered the moon. And the teacher said, the teacher said, no, like that's dumb. Basically he landed on the moon. The moon's always been there. And so he said, so can we go back to, you know, talking about Christopher Columbus? Um, you know, in 1492, when he came to America, he didn't discover anything. You know, there was already human beings here. There was already a society here. There was already, you know, unwritten laws. There was a government system, democracy. Um, there's already everything established here. Maybe not the way it is now, but you know, we had everything we needed, uh, in the story. So, you know that's Columbus Day. That's you know today. That's um, in the United States, and then in Canada, it's you know Thanksgiving. So, you know that's just a little bit. I'm sure. I'm sure we can go on for a long time. But well,
0: just the um, genocide, Cody, like and the stealing of the land, and like I, I mean, you can take it further if if you can.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, here in Canada, it's just you know, the land's always been here. We've always occupied it to get it stolen and and, and you know beaten. Um, you know, taking over our villages, taking over places. You know, putting your putting your stake down and saying this is this is now ours, and you know, moving natives to reservations. Um, and say, you know, having and <laughs> see, I go on tangents when I get talking like this, but these passports that we now got to carry around, our vaccination passports. Like I've carried a passport my entire life, and it's my you know my native status card. Um, I can't imagine you know my ancestors to leave the reserve would have to show show their status card and show their proof saying that, uh, you know, from the government, from the government agent, saying they're going to the grocery store and they'll be back by, you know, midnight or whatever like that. So, you know, having a passport to leave the reservation, uh, you know, all those kinds of things I'll dwell into, you know, today, Thanksgiving. I am- but, but I'm not going to say, you know, that we don't, I shouldn't say celebrate Thanksgiving, you know, t- yesterday uh, me and my family got together and had a turkey, a turkey dinner just like uh you know the rest of the, the rest of Canada we don't really say happy thanksgiving but you know it's it's a time to uh to enjoy with your family it's a day off you know monday today a day off of work um you know most of the places are shut down so i'm not you know we still take obviously we take the day off and and enjoy thanksgiving um as a day off for the government i guess so yeah um we enjoy it Enjoy our day with our family, but like you said earlier, you know, every day's a every day's a day to be thankful, you know.
0: That is for sure. That is for sure. As we speak with Cody Jameson and just before we get to Six Nations and man, like I, I don't know how much time you got, Cody, but hopefully it's a little bit because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> but um the every child matters decal that is gonna be worn on on every single team and and players helmet, I think is an important topic that also is something that's close to your heart with family members directly impacted by residential schools. And, and I know, uh, your, your boy, our boy Chuck Ragusa did up the design and, and this is going to be fantastic, uh, to raise some awareness uh, for truth and reconciliation
1: as well. Yeah. Chuck did an awesome job. You know, I think he really, he really, he's always been brilliant, but I think he, you know, used everything, (coughs) excuse me, he used everything, uh, everything that uh, you'll know, kind of makes every child matters, makes the campaign, you know, um, kind of go with how it is, you know, the handprint, um, you know, the, the feathers is a, is a really nice touch. I I just think he did an awesome job, you know, designing it, uh, you know, and I, and I know I'm kind of getting a little bit of credit somehow, but it's all, it all goes to Chuck. He did an amazing job. Yeah. I know
0: uh, Kurt, you know, and everybody with Halifax kind of spurred that on. So I, I just wanted to make mention of it. I think it's, it's something that, continues we need to continue to talk about it and and i just i don't want that to go away because i think maybe the worst is is yet to come in that regard if you if you know what i'm saying there cody so um to chuck and to kurt and to you and everybody in halifax and the entire national Cross league I'm, i'm proud to see our league kind of leading the way in in that regard and raising awareness so I want to make mention of that, but uh, the main reason we have you on the podcast this week is to talk Six Nations lacrosse, Cody. And I, man, like, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on this. It It's kind of crazy to me to think that there was only Senior A lacrosse there beginning in 1993, as obviously the game goes way back uh, long before that. I don't, can you tell me when you remember the first? organized game of box lacrosse on six nations land
1: no no i don't i have no clue on on when the first organized one was i know um obviously senior a was established in uh, 1993 um junior a was our, our first year for the arrows was in 1991 and before that the arrows were junior b And uh, that goes back to the seventies or sixties. So this is interesting. The junior B program.
0: Sorry, Jammer, because you just mentioned the two dates. So 93, the senior team wins. I believe they win the man cup in 94 or at least 95. So maybe. Yeah.
1: 94, 95, 96. Yeah. yeah, So
0: there you go. The the arrows come in in 91. They win the Minto cup, much to my dismay in Coquitlam in 1992. (laughs) And, and maybe one of the greatest Minto cups ever played. So it's, I mean, success right off the get-go when these two A programs fire up.
1: Yeah, um, you know, from the stories that I got told, obviously I, I was too young to remember, but um, a few of our, the, how we got our junior A team, we always had the junior B team, but a few of our our elite players, um, Cam Bombury was in St. Catharines, Miles General, Greet Sky, they were playing elsewhere, Bay Area Bengals, I think. Mm. So, you know, I think it was just time that, you know, our boys were leaving the reserve to go play, you know, high level junior A lacrosse instead of junior B. So I think you know the the group, you know, Lewis Stotts and uh, you know Cap Bombury, Dave General, those guys uh, kind of got together and said, you know, our boys are leaving to go play lacrosse. We should, you know, elevate ourselves and you know, keep it keep everything here. And and they did a great job.
0: Of... <laughs> Just think about Bombry's shot, like thundering off the. My goodness, Sam. Um... It's interesting, it's a bit of a weird dynamic, I would say, Cody, especially well, I don't know if it's it's it almost seems like the b pro like the rebels and the rivermen almost seem to get more fan support than the a teams am i am I on the right track with that?
1: yeah, it wasn't always like that though when I played junior a, I can remember uh you know we were we were going on a few runs, and the lineup would be around the i l a building all the way around past the i l a sports um you know before we even pulled in you know two hours before the game people were getting there wow um and and sitting outside before our big playoff games you know when we beat whippy in uh, 2004 our very first time you know we we took seven fan buses you know seven coach bus big coach buses up wow. to whippy and basically sold their arena out because our we got there two hours before the game and you know they opened the gates up and you know, we had seven buses standing in line waiting to get in the doors. And why do you think doors? that
0: is? Like, uh, your 07 junior team, regarded as maybe the, the greatest assembled junior team, I think you could put a couple others in there, but fantastic, like, amazing team. So is it just the, the family lineage and, and the amount of people, like, or the last names that were on those teams were just super hardcore, big lacrosse families and fans? Or what do you think all that was about?
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think over the years, you know, there hasn't been as many locals playing for the eight, for the eight teams. Yeah. Um, you know, whether, whether that's, you know, by choice or not, I think, uh, you know, people are going to go support their family and friends and, uh, you know, when, when there's, when all your family and friends are are staying for the rebels and playing for the rebels, then that's where you're, that's where they're going to go spend their money. Um, I, I think I heard Jamie talk about it on your podcast, uh, you know, a few weeks ago where he was talking, you know, maybe longer than that, but the move from Toronto to Hamilton, you only have so much money to spend. Right. So a lot of the times on the res, you know, you can't go to a game Friday night with the rebels Saturday night with the Rivermen, you know, Sunday with the arrows and mix in a chiefs game on a Tuesday or something like that. You know, you you just can't afford to go watch everybody play. So a lot of the times you, you know, you got to pick and choose on uh, who you go support. The other thing is, uh, you know, everybody has kids. And grandkids, nephews, nieces playing lacrosse in the summertime. So um, a Sunday night arrows home game, you know, doesn't quite you know, do justice when you're gone away on a tournament all weekend and you just get home, you know, gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you're just getting home. You know, you don't <laughs> really you want to go rushing back to the arena. Yeah. On a Sunday night. Well, they need to get the internet
0: fired up a little better there at the old ILA so people can check out the, the webcam. <laughs> tell me about uh the young kids, man. Like what what's the minor like there? Because you know, I see all these tournaments and stuff, but I never really hear about Six Nations teams at the minor level. How many kids you got Oh, you
2: gotta see Jammers, little guy. He's a beast. Okay. <laughs> tell tell He's tell a me. Good.
0: tell me. Tell me about
2: him. Yeah,
1: my, my son, my little guy. Yeah, like, I, yeah. What, what
0: division is he in? Like, how many teams do you guys have in my, like, is there more than one Pee Wee or Banton team, or is it just kind of one at each level? Girls teams, how many kids are playing there?
1: Yeah, when I started, when I first started playing, we had two teams in every division. Um, and since I've left, we've had three, four teams in, uh, in most divisions, sometimes only two, but usually three. You know, I've been... My, my older son, Connor, he's, uh, it's, I'm getting it all mixed up now because of the COVID oh, having two it's, years it's shut so down. So hard I think he would be in Peewee. Yeah. I think he would be in Peewee now. Um, and I've been coaching him since he was in paperweight and we had a, we have a good group, a good, you know, high B, low A group. And that's, that's the one team that he's on. Um, uh, my younger son Coleman, he just, he'd be tight now, but, uh, he's a little thumper and, uh. You know, he, he likes to he likes to mix it up. He likes to uh, he likes to be rough. And I always laugh because uh, Murray Porter, one of my good friends, he has a son the same age. So me and Murray Porter are the coaches and his son. I don't know if anybody knows Murray, but he wasn't known for his uh, offensive talents. No, no. But he uh, so his son, his son's our top scorer and my son is our is our leading penalty <laughs> Minute getter. So funny, we funny kinda, how that
0: works sometimes. Eh? Kind of switch
1: roles there a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking with Cody Jameson talking six nations lacrosse lacrosse the nation. I I'm probably just gonna bounce around here a little bit, Jammer, but the outdoor facilities or even the ILA, like is it is it like I know in, in Aguasosne they just kinda leave the arena open and if kids want to go in and hop on the turf and throw the ball around they can do that. They got the beautiful field just outside their arena as well. Does does, is that available for kids at the ILA just to kind of roam in and head out on the floor and play where the chiefs and the arrows get to play
1: um it is and it isn't so for the first like 10 years it was open it, it was always open you know people would be in there shooting around all the time over the last I don't know maybe like I guess the next 10 years eight years we've had a school um a traditional school called Gawanillo mm. um full immersion and they've been up upstairs. Uh, because their school got condemned, so they've been uh, they moved into the upstairs of the building
0: can't on have the balls. far side. Can't have balls banging around while
1: school. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we and they use uh, they use the floor as like their gym time. Um, you know, rain days they can't go outside, so they do recess out there. Right. So
0: well, that's pretty it, awesome it's pretty. Been... awesome that they open that up for them uh, so they could stay and, and keep going to school. What about outdoor facilities around the Res of Six Nations? How many? boxes are available and what like you know some some areas are are nicer than others there but what's like the condition like is it is it okay for for kids to be out at the outdoor boxes and around uh the the entire community
1: yeah so right in a we have right by the right beside the Gaylord palace uh arena or re- the original arena that was there um in the back there we got two two fields they're just grass fields but they're they they keep up dice uh and uh, and uh professional blue track you know the spongy track and all that where we do all our track and field meets um but yeah that's open to the public at all times and then we have a uh uh, outdoor rink right beside the right beside the splash pad there that's uh that's used uh you know some practices for the younger kids it's a little bit smaller so it's not full-size uh that's used uh, for for the paperweights and tikes uh, when it's nice out in the summertime, and it's open free to use uh, anytime.
0: I tell you, one of the things I was really—I did the the Survivor's Cup back in in September in Agwasausne, oh. and as you would know, uh, Joe Hall and the boys had a had a little. <laughs> Little organized uh, hickory game that was supposed to go down. Man, was I ever looking forward to! I think you were supposed to play it, and, and my condolences because I think you had uh, a loss in your family and, and weren't able to make it. and it ended up getting shut down anyways, but that would have been something to to see, and and not only see, but for you to play in a, a hickory game with all wood traditional sticks uh, going up against each other.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh... We've been trying to have that. He, I know Joe Hall organized one a few years before that I couldn't make it do, but we've been trying to have something like that uh, for a long time. And I really just want to play in one, you know, just to show people that it's not scary. You know, there's a, there's a stigma around that, that wooden sticks are scary. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to know how to play against them, you know, Um, and play with them too right
0: like it it works both ways on that I would say Cody right like you have to know how to use a woody properly and protect yourself against one properly
1: yeah as an old guy you know I'm not going to stand away I'm not going to be afraid and stand away from a guy who's who has one because then he gets to wind up and slash if you go stand right next to him you know he's not going to get any leverage to slash you and he's just going to cross check you and you know it doesn't do anything and you know if, if he's chasing you like my father always taught me if he's chasing you he's only going to be able to slash you once if, and that's if he can catch you so um yo know, that just kind of proves you know cut move don't stand still don't don't stand at the end of a guy's slash and all that goes to, goes to the same thing with a plastic stick it hurts a lot more when you're standing you know 3 feet away from a guy with a plastic stick than it does if you're standing right next to him
0: no question about Jamie you can jump in anytime here and if you don't I'll just keep firing away here but uh Cody <laughs> Tell me some of the people that you looked up to when, when you were coming up through six nations and, and watching the older
1: people play. Growing up, I went, I went and watched a lot of the junior a arrows. So it was the, uh, you know, 97, 98, 99. That was like the, you know, I would have been 10 years old, nine years old um, when I first started getting into the junior a arrows. So that was like Delby Paulus. Mm. Um, Kim's he's a, he's one of my, you know, second cousin or third cousin. Um, And I, I really liked watching Kim Squire, Toronto rock guy, you know, watched him play um, for the rock for many years. Um, But really enjoyed watching those two, uh, you know, work together in junior watching uh, Delb obviously being a close cousin and, you know, seeing him at family dinners and stuff like that. But uh, like watching Kimbo play because he was so creative and, you know, he can do anything in front of the net uh, pass, shoot, pick he and roll. Very like similar, was,
0: very similar players, I'd say. Body types, all the rest of it. Uh, when yeah, guys got Doily,
2: Doily will say Kimbo was one of the best ever to play the game. Man, like uh, you know, and I'm sure you've had those chats with him. But he just, you know, Kimbo was was a special player.
1: Yeah, me and Doily, uh, you know, I had to, had a couple late nights giving each other our, our Kimbo stories. So. <laughs> He'd be yeah, a great guy for yeah, you guys yeah, to get yeah. on a podcast or a ESPN 30 uh, for 30 or something. His story just, is truly amazing. My uh, favorite Kimbo
0: line, he when, he when he was out here with Coquitlam playing and, you know, I was playing with New West, so we weren't exactly best of buddies, but he would, he would, <laughs> this is classic Kimbo. He'd come up to you in the, in the bar after the game or whatever, and he'd be like, hey, Jumbo, can I borrow 10 bucks? I'll buy you a beer. so instead of just buying him a beer he'd borrow the 10 off you but then he'd buy you one that's how that's how we operate (laughs) pretty good stuff uh and let's go full circle here jammer because now you've you know due to some crazy circumstances here have taken over running the junior arrows program and i i know that might have not have been a position you were ready or wanting to step into but you kind of stepped in when you had to and and now you're you're the man. Uh, what's that going to be like for you to, to kind of take that program over and come full circle where where you won a Minto Cup as a player and watched as a child, and now you get to run the organization?
1: Yeah, I couldn't say that I was planning on it, but, uh, you know, you do what you got to do given the circumstances. So, uh, you know, it's I don't feel like it's going to be that hard. You know, it's, uh, it's lacrosse. And, and to me, you know, anytime I'm dealing with lacrosse, that's it's not a job. It's not... Uh, It's not hard work, it's just something doing something that I love. And it's a little bit different than uh playing, but you know, I'm willing to, you know, obviously we we had our first summer there at the track. I think our team did, you know, pretty well given the circumstances. You know, we got kind of got thrown together there for a little bit, but you know, then thank you, Jamie, for opening that up for us. Um, that was uh top of the line. Um, but I think we uh you know, I I think we got a bright future with us. Um, you know, between me. And our and our group that uh, you know I kind of put together there with Randy, Stu Montour, Delby Polish, Jason Johnson, um, Tracy Johnson, kind of doing some of the paperwork for us because we know that uh, none of us like doing that stuff. So our group, I think we uh, you know, we kind of fit fit all the all the molds kind of that we can all get something done uh, between all of us. So you know I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, you know learning the next uh, step of the business. Um, I've been, you know, I've been a player, I've been a coach. Um, and this is more the management side. So I'm looking forward to to learning more about the the business of lacrosse.
0: Yeah, well I know you've you've stepped on a, a couple of benches when you've been dealing with some pretty serious injuries, and that seems to be something you've enjoyed and now you're you're getting a little taste of the, the management role do you have a a preference? Do you, I I know you got some good years left in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I know. (laughs) But do you, do you see yourself in one role or the other? Maybe when, when the time comes to, to hang it up?
1: Yeah. One role or the other, you know, I, I haven't really put too much thought, you know, into that. I'm, uh, really just focused on, you know, playing and, um, being the best that I can for my teammates. But uh, so far, I like both. I, I enjoy coaching and, uh, you know, the small bit of management that I've gotten, you know, it's uh, it's it's been it's been fun too.
0: Well, your Halifax Thunderbirds look like they're loaded up. Uh, you can get a chance to play with Steph LeBlanc, I think, for maybe the first time. I don't know if you guys spent any time at jersey or not, but uh, that'll be interesting to watch. No more Binesh over there with you. Of course, Kyle Jackson and the rest of the the T-Birds, uh, you guys look like you're loaded up for for a good run come NOL season as well.
1: Yeah, we got to like our team, you know. It's uh we we thought we had a good thing going a couple of years ago before we got shut down. And uh you know, I think we have a lot of guys who are right in the prime of their career. You know, Hasek is a is an animal. Um <laughs> he's and a, I think he's a, he's not an owl. <laughs>
0: he's like he's like from the future or something. The Cyborg man, he's like a robot machine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh you know some of the, some of the other pieces that you know as as talented as Jake Withers is and how much praise he gets for his faceoffs i think he get, goes underrated as a defenseman sure does um yeah you know his loose balls i think he you know his his leadership i think uh you know as as much uh, as much praise as he gets i still think he, he's a you know he's one of the you know unsung heroes um for as much praise as he gets how weird that is and we added a couple pieces and like you said Steph and Tyson Bell David Brock um, you know, so I think we added some pieces that can, uh, you know, push us forward, uh, even more.
0: And then you got Greg and Geike over there as well. Like, I don't know if the hair scene gets any better with, <laughs> with those yeah, two, the, the staff um, as
1: well. Tyson's, uh, blonde locks should be flowing well in
0: Halifax. Yeah, no doubt about it.
2: Cody, we could go on for another.
1: Hey, let me out. throw
0: oh, one yeah, thing go, out go, here, go, Cody. Go, go. All
2: right. Well, just, <laughs> I wanted to say, I just, you made me think of something, um, Kurt sent me a t-shirt. You're talking about Halifax here. Kurt sent me an awesome t-shirt the other day. You probably got one of these. I think Delby Paulus Sr. maybe designed it in an Original Six uh t-shirt. Did you see that? Did you get one of those?
1: Yeah, Delby Paulus Jr. designed them.
0: What are we talking here? The original Six okay, NHL it was L- teams
1: or what? It was really cute. You want to explain no, it, no, Jamie? Or you no. want me
2: to? Do it? Cody, no, you do. Did do a better job. You're just sent it to me out of the blue, and I just thought it was really cool, and 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 I'm sure there's more to it. So talk about it because you know that falls the Six Nations thing there.
1: Yeah. So Dalby uh, Pauls Jr. made these shirts. They're getting sold at Ila Sports, uh, the the shop inside the yeah, obviously yeah. your Qualacross Arena. Um, but they have the original six on them, and instead instead of like uh, you know playing on the hockey original six hockey teams. Um, the original six Nation. and they have they have the headdresses, the gustoas of the original six nations. So they have, you know, the Mohawk, the Seneca, the Tuscarora, the Cuga, yeah. the Onondaga and the Oneida. You know, their traditional headdresses, their, their gustoas they have those pictures on them instead of the instead of team logos. Yeah. So they're saying, you know, the original six uh, nations of lacrosse.
0: Sign me up for a three XL on on that, Cody. I don't know if they got the big boy sizes in the in the shop there or not, but I'm picking
1: one. Yeah, we're if we're know. we're a thick we're a thick group of people. We definitely have three <laughs> I love it. All right, Cody. Uh,
0: I really appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, once again, Happy Indigenous Peoples Day, and and thanks for everything that you do uh, for our sport and and leading the way, uh, helping educate people on on the Indigenous people and their culture and history as well. I. I I've uh, been tuned in and, and I find it fascinating and enlightening and uh, I love what you do, man. So I uh, thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me guys.
0: Thank you for coming on. There you go. Uh, we didn't even get the teammates or anything like that. Uh, Jamie, my favorite, my favorite thing, like if you want to get to know about Cody Jamison and kind of what he's about, I will never get, I think it was in Philadelphia and they're up late in a game and Cody just like somebody I think it was Chet was standing in goal. And Cody just came down from about 10 feet and just reared back and absolutely sniped the top corner. And people were like, holy shit, like what what is he doing? And Cody's like, well, I'm shooting a score. Like that's <laughs> like I only I only know one way to do it. And like I that was one of the best things I ever seen in a lacrosse game.
2: He did it all out there, man. He was—he well, he's doing it all out there. He's, you know, for for such a high-level talent guy, you know, I've always been surprised by his speed out there and his tenacity and just the way he plays the game. And back to what I said at the beginning, you know, just the example he sets. Yeah, and he just sets it by living his life, and you know, I, he he's been a thorn in my side my my whole time owning the team, but. There's a ton of respect and and uh, admiration for what well, he, he does he, and gets done. I mean, you could easily you know, say he'll, he'll go down as one of the best.
0: Well, I was gonna say you could easily say Cody Jamison is the best player of his generation. The man just wins championships. Like that's all. Yeah, he, he do seriously. And yeah, the, the yeah, neck, he, The size he's of in a tree trunk. Yeah. He's in that conversation. Yeah. If
2: it's not him, he's in the conversation.
0: No yeah, question. No, awesome about it uh lacrosse the nation that was a good one six nations cody jameson and lacrosse the nation of course brought to you by i didn't forget this time stampede tack and western wear where they got it all including any kind of boot you can imagine jamie you know where i'm going with this what like well i it, got news i got news okay tell me get lay it on me so i haven't <laughs>
2: I haven't yet bought the Bluntstones, but I'm out <laughs> yeah. there promoting them. So oh. here's a little one. I'm. I'm in the office the other day. Terry giverson who's my business manager and runs the office for me. She's walking in front of me, and and I say to her, I go, "Hey, are those Bluntstones," and she's like, "Yeah, they're they're the best." And I go, "Okay," and I told her the whole story. I'm like, "I got to get a pair of these jumbos all over me yeah. and this and that." Yeah. So. I felt. I felt like I, I haven't. I haven't gone online yet and ordered myself a pair, but I'm. I'm out there talking about them, okay, getting some feedback, promoting them. You know, stampede. So we're
0: making closer. progress. All right, I'm we're just, getting closer. I'm just, I'm just saying it's like if we're not there yet, like the next week to ten days, it'll officially be boot season and you can wear these things like i see people wear them with shorts jeans dress pants any like they go with anything and like i said the more you wear them the more comfortable they get and they're easy to put on kick off and they go with it so Bluntstones is just one of the types of boots they have there at stampede tack and western wear but i'm gonna see if uh if old Kevin Michael Winkler will put up another pair for the, the who you got champion of, of 2021, 22 season. So that, that was the prize a couple of years ago. I was going to see if we can do that again, because I think that is a, an awesome gift. And, And you'll be able to talk about this and through the entire who you got season. If you stick around and continue to do this with me, Jamie, about, about how comfortable your boots get, the more, You wear them. So, Blundstones, check them out. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Or head out there to Cloverdale. You can try them on in person. Corner of Highway 10 and 180th since 1966. First half of Lax Glass is now done. Third quarter action is coming up, so that means it's time for halftime. Quick sticks on the other side. EP 153. Back after
1: this. Hey, this is Jason Noble from the Toronto Rocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse.
0: Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the second half of the program. Third quarter action is underway, and here in quarter number three, we like to do a little thing called... Quick sticks, and what do I got for quick sticks this week, Jamie? got a bunch of quick sticks, so let's get to them. Maybe you can start off with this. Uh, Brampton Excelsior saga continuing along here, Jamie. Apparently the Board of Governors notified that Brampton is staying put. Can you give me any more information or insight on what is happening with the MSL and the Brampton Excelsior staying in, in Brampton?
2: Are they staying in Brampton? Well, that's kind of I, I what the, honestly that's uh, this whole topic. You don't even don't, want to I, you, you don't even want Well to. I I just I don't
0: know. Like <laughs> I figured you know, if anyone would know it'd be somebody that has a vested interest in
2: the Well, I can tell you this. Some people don't think that team's in Brampton right now, so I like I, I don't even know what's going on with that whole mess and you know, it's it's Board, board members get like I just I don't okay I don't want to get involved in it but anyways yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm past pass, pass. <laughs> for once I'm gonna keep my mouth shut okay I, I, I don't. Okay.
0: okay okay say no more on the topic. well just yeah. wait and see how things play out xL update Jamie uh had to do a little commissioning over the last weekend uh tempers were flaring in, in week number two I had to settle a couple of the boys down at the senior level, uh, including an official for that matter, uh, junior XLL starts uh, tonight. Actually, Tuesday night, and
2: uh, you're talking well, back to- up and back up what? here. You can't just drop that and then move on like what? that. Give us some details. Well, what no, uh,
0: we just—I don't want to name names or anything. We just had a, a new player join the league and was a little unclear okay. of the messaging and and took things a little too far. Uh, you know, got got. Got a little greasy, and uh, then you know another guy reacted in, in a negative manner, and then another player got upset with the official because he wasn't doing his job properly, and uh, so
2: we have a fight.
0: Well, uh, almost. Almost. And, and, Almost. and this is not what we want to see in, in the extreme lacrosse league, although it is the extreme lacrosse league. We don't want to see any of uh, gloves dropping, helmets coming off, any of that sort of stuff. So had to just uh, put a little, little fire there, and uh, that's you know part of being a, a commissioner, I suppose. But it, it was a better part of a day making phone calls and, and having conversations and stuff. Junior XLL, however, Jamie, uh, you are now speaking to the brand-new head coach of the white tie. You know what a tie is, Do Jamie? No, tell no. me. So the Thai, you know how there's like well, you know salmon. You you know what a salmon is. Okay. So yeah. you know, I like, do know what a yeah. salmon is. So they is. have like pink salmon, spring salmon. Okay. Sockeye yep. salmon. Yeah. Thai is like the king of salmon. It's like the ribeye oh. of of salmon. It's like the okay. you can only get it like in, in certain regions, and it's like, you know, when you pull in a tai, it's like, oh. Sort of thing. So um, in the XL, I don't know if you know this, we wanted to have team names that represented land, sea, and air. Wolves, Skyhawks, Eagles, and was. I thought, well, what am I going to do with the sea animal? So I went with the king of salmon, Taiyi. Going with the white Ty. Nice. So I'm coaching a, a little junior XLL. That gets going on Tuesday nights, and then senior XLL goes on Wednesday nights. So it's only a matter of time, I figure, before we get – Get the masters guys under the XLL banner and and hopefully spark up a, a girls division or two as well as uh, as the XLL continues to grow and do great things. Uh, speaking of growing, the the college box lacrosse league has added another conference division league. Great great plains box lacrosse league in the Midwest has has fired up here, so more teams going to to play for their for the college box lacrosse league, which is just booming down south of the border. What else do I got here? Quick sticks. Uh, Well, uh, we should probably mention this. Five-time NOL champion with the Toronto Rock, Bob Whipper Watson, named to the San Diego Seals coaching staff as their goaltending coach, which is not going to hurt anybody down there in purple and gold.
2: No, not at all. Bob's... uh... You know, Bob was obviously, in my opinion, the greatest goalie to ever play. And, uh, you know, absolutely. He is going to help those
0: guys uh, for sure. Maybe a team that doesn't need any help. I don't know if you saw this or not, Diddy, but the Iroquois Iroquois Nationals announced their Sixes roster. Did you get a peek at at this thing?
2: I did, and these Sixes rosters actually interest me a lot. You know, I I look forward to see, has Canada released one? No, No, they have not, but
0: so I don't know what the benefit or or downfall of announcing your roster first is or not. It probably doesn't make a difference to the U.S. or Canada either way. They're going to announce who they're going to announce, but holy, like. Some good young young kids on there, and the, they got the experienced guys on there, and all the usual suspects. I didn't see Cody Jameson's name on there for for some strange reason, though. I, but I, but
2: that, this is why I'm saying the roster, like especially Canada. I think I've seen a U.S. one, okay, um, at, at some point. But the Canada one interests me because you know I, I listen. Are they gonna go no young? Knock or? On, no knock on Cody Jameson. I think he's one of the greatest box players ever. But you know. Sixes to me, I think you need to carry guys that can play both ways. And it's, you, a, it's like Curry really,
0: Challenge. The,
2: like, there you go. Yeah. There, there's two of two of the best. Just a that, team full that, of those guys. You know, like a might you mentioned the name earlier. I would think a guy like Mike Messenger. Yeah. You know, guys like that, like you've got to they got to be able to play. Yeah. They're, they're, well, I mean, listen, Graham Hossick. You know, you just taking him because he's an absolute freak. Like, you know, if you want to, and and you know, are you going to take a Jeff Teat because you know something like that? But I think for the most part, I don't know how deep these rosters are. And you know, we've been doing some sixes here at the track. We just had an event this weekend, but how to go? Like, I'm interested
0: to see the coaching strategies and techniques and stuff. Like, this is all like ground zero for this. Like, nobody really has a big leg up on how to coach or attack the game of sixes.
2: Yeah, I think, but, but it is. So to me, what I've kind of seen of it, my kind of view is, well, it's kind of like boxing in the the sense that, you know, uh, number of players on the field and this and that there's no, you're playing outdoors. So there's no board. So that's obviously a huge factor, but you got to get up and down. Like you can't be, this isn't, you know, go play an offensive shift and go to the bench. Stuff like this, it's it's going to be go, 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 and and really fast. Yeah, and, and so that that's why, you know, I, I see it as a certain type of player for the most part. Yes, you're going to make an exception or two because there's guys that just you know, you should do that for certain situations right. and this and that. But yeah. it, it's it's going to be interesting. I really think it is a bit of a combination of the two, in my opinion. Um, you know, that's how I play it a lot, you know. And you know, we just watched a group of Canadians play kind of boxing the PLL as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, that worked out for them there too. So I think that, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see you know, everyone's philosophy, like all those players on the, on the air team are, are definitely, you know, great players. When I looked at their roster, I was, well, yeah, there's, there's, you know, that's not their final team or whatever. But when I look at that roster, you know, there were guys that I looked at and said, you know, are they the right guys for sixes? You know, while they might be great box players or great field players, are they a Sixes player? I, I don't know. None of us really know at the end of the day because we haven't seen it.
0: Yeah. No, uh, you're right. It's uh I think it'll be
2: super exciting though. I mean, I know it's a smaller roster and all that, but it it should be a super exciting game, in my opinion. I think the Iroquois
0: I <laughs> can they make me nervous, man. I think this sixes game is just suited to a T for the way the indigenous play the game and well i'll just... tell you
2: what if it's not made for lyle thompson i don't know you know like <laughs> right. i mean that guy that <laughs> guy goes up worry. and down uh, yeah like listen lyle thompson like oh i just i can't believe this how is that could, right I go in go his up, wheelhouse up and down he's up never coming off the floor of a, he's never no, coming yeah. up, up and down a floor in a box game two or three times no problem And, and you know, when he's coming back to play D he's playing D I, he blows my mind with that. So yeah, yeah, that, that guy will be Scary, scary. So good. So good.
0: So we'll look forward to that. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure Canada will announce their roster soon. I had my eyes peeled this weekend. That's the other thing I did this weekend, Jamie. big thunder strike tourney going down out there in Langley at the Langley event center, whose facility it's been a while since he'd been to the Langley event center now, Jamie, like, you know, you kind of look around the, the main building, and there was really nothing kind of out on the horizon. Well, there's just tons of fields and stuff now. They had like six, seven different fields going for about three days straight out there at the LEC. For the big Thunderstrike tourney, and uh, Danny's daughter was playing a little goal for for her Surrey Warriors. So I went out and checked some of this out. I ran into my buddy Tyrell Hamer-Jackson, who was uh, there, is his uh, hammer grip. Pro, I don't know. Have you seen this yet or not, Jamie? It like Hammer's a face-off guy. He's also like uh, he's also like a, a log runner for for the tugboats. I don't know if you've seen his social media or not, Jamie. But if you haven't, you gotta check this guy out. Runs on the logs of the Fraser River off the tugboats and flipping chains around and sticking stuff. And oh, it's crazy. But he's got a new company going here called Hammer Grip Pro 95. And essentially, what this thing is, you know, the guys like like an exorbitant amount of tape around their shaft right near where the head and the the shaft goes into the head. Well, he's designed this thing where you like put it around and then you just give this like cord a yank. And essentially it gives you like this beautiful tape job around the top of your shaft right near the head in like 10 seconds. So he's given me one of these things. I haven't put it on the stick yet or not, but I wanted to give my boy Tyrell Hamer Jackson a shout out about the Hammer Grip Pro 95. Him and Mitch Jones were out there. And I think they're doing pretty well here with the kids, especially the face-off guys who who love this stuff. So check him out. Tyrell Hamer-Jackson, Hammer Grip Pro, face-off control, all of it. Good to see him out there at the Thunderstrike tourney. What was not great to see was uh, good Victoria boy, Marshall King, tweet this out. His His girlfriend, Emily, is... Man, this is a, a bit of a tragic story here. Osteosarcoma No, don't under,
2: don't understate this. This is not a bit of a tragic yeah, story. No, it, this is awful. Yeah,
0: it is it is it's flat out sad. Uh oste, yes. osteosarcoma, his girlfriend Emily had to amputate her leg here and Marshall tweeting this out and, and lacrosse community doing what it does best and rallying around Marshall and, and his girlfriend, Emily with a GoFundMe that is over $30,000 now. And I've retweeted this and, and if you can find it uh, in your wallet, in your heart to, to help out Emily and, and Marshall and in, in this cause uh, find it on my Twitter timeline. I retweeted it and uh, do what you can, man, because man, for them to, to stay as positive and move forward like they have cannot be an easy thing to go through. I like, I just, I cannot imagine. These are young
2: people, man, oh,
0: Man, it's just heartbreaking. And like, I'm, you know, sit, sometimes sitting here feeling sorry for myself about getting through a, a hip surgery. And then I, and then I think of Emily and what she, and I just think to myself, my God, am I ever lucky? Like, so really tough Um, help out Marshall and Emily GoFundMe, it's on my Twitter, please do that. And as always, Jamie, I like to end off Quick Sticks Every Week with NLL 35 Moments. This one happening way back in 1998, January the 3rd, back when the NLL used to start right around New Year's. After the MLL and NLL merger, the Ontario Raiders expansion team was awarded in Canada, back there in Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken, marking this the first team in league history located north of the border. Since the Raiders debuted in 1998, Canadian franchises have won 13 out of 23 championships we like our box lacrosse north of the border here jamie but the ontario remember the raiders who eventually turned into the rock big stuff 98
2: absolutely the beginning of uh you know my opinion the greatest franchise in the league so uh, tied with <laughs> Billy with six championships it's time to get number seven
0: time to get number seven and uh it was fun watching back those Raider teams of uh, the late 90s there and uh, on to bigger and better things, of course. So looking forward to seeing pro lacrosse back in the hammer come December as well. NLL 35 moments. Uh, Ryan Ireland and the gang there at the NLL offices always pumping that out every week. I love it. And that's the way we finish off quick sticks in quarter three, which means we only have one more quarter to go. Stampede Stallion of the Week is next. Keep it right here. Episode 153. Back after this.
1: Associated Labels and Packaging. A fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. And hey, this is Brad Challenger, voice of
0: the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Quarter four, no more breaks on the podcast here. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, I want to tell you about Associated Labels Packaging. Package. I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. I actually saw the big boss of ALP out there at the Thunderstrike tournament, Jamie. Uh, Sean Ashworth, the, the president, CEO, owner... I'm associated with some packaging out there watching his boy Brady playing the, in the Thunderstrike tournament. So I, I saw him, and he's wearing a Niners jersey. We always have a good time about all that. And I said, I thought I smelled something funny and, and walked up to him. Anyways, uh, I let him know that, that I was dealing with his right-hand man, Tosh Nushimira, who's who does sales there at ALP, about getting Danny some labels for a new earring business here. And he just looked at me. He goes, Jumbo. Do not deal with Tosh. Just deal with me. So now I'm right at the top of the food chain here, and, and I think I've worked out a little deal with the boss. Uh, he said, listen, you hook me up with a pair of earrings for the wife. I'll hook you up with as many labels as you need for your wife. So this sub business is getting done out here on the West Coast, Jamie, and uh, Mrs. Ashworth's getting herself a brand-new pair of earrings from, from Danny, and Danny's getting a, a big old roll of labels for her. For her company which is pretty cool
2: hey sounds good to be
0: yeah so check it i should probably give out the instagram handle that. i'll do that next week I'll, I'll, I'll lay a little tease there and uh you know for our female listeners great christmas gift idea anyways uh associate labels and packaging at associatedlp.com, focusing on people ethics quality and of course family owned they're the best when it comes to labels and packaging. You would be the best. That's you, the listener, if you could subscribe to the podcast, put down a review, and then follow us along on social media. Email address is at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Lacrosse Classified at Instagram. LaxClass, Class on Twitter. Facebook page, pretty self-explanatory, Lacrosse classified. Myself, PXP for sports is where you can find me on any social media platform. And Jamie Dowick is at J Dowick on the old Twitter machine there, so you can check out his stuff. Appreciate if you did all that. And I believe now, Jamie, it's time to man up on uh on trigger or I, I need to come up with a new horse name for you. What what's some good horse names? Do you ever have a you got you got anything there?
2: Uh, you know what? I could have come up with something, but it's not nothing's jumping at me. Okay. Well. I should have. I'm, a, I'm a horse guy, man. Well, me come too. Ready. I love take the me, ponies. Take me to the
0: stable. All right. Let's go. We're off to the Stampede Stables. hey <laughs> We're at the Stampede stables here, as it's now time for the Stampede Stallion of the Week. Uh, your selection once again this week, Jamie Dalek. Uh, I know I, I kind of strung you along a little bit. What did it take you? Like three clues to get it last week? Maybe a little too easy. I, think, I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think two. Was it two? Uh, okay. Who's counting? Yeah. counting. Uh, well, you may... You, I don't want to get into it here, but you, you kind of chirped me on my first clue. Like, give me a timeline here. So, anyways, let's. Uh, well, it was weak. It I was know, weak. <laughs> Okay. So, let's call it three clues. Go for it. Give me your first clue on this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. All
2: right. Well, yeah, this week was interesting because. You actually you know, picked the I-
0: guy and then realized that he had already been selected. Absolutely.
2: So of course you, I remember today that you want I got to tell me who that stampede. guy was.
0: Do you want to tell me who that guy was? Like who was your, I will, I will
2: briefly. I will. It was Ian Lord. Oh, um, okay. I wanted to, I wanted to pick a guy that didn't play for the rock and uh, he's actually coaching, uh, helping coach one of our track athletics teams. So I saw him on the weekend and I was talking to someone about him and I just said, you know, him and Paulie Dawson, like for me, those two guys, they're the biggest shot, biggest shot blockers in our league like they'll they'll get in front of anything i remember them back in the day in rochester and it was like they both anchored those posts and they just get they'd sacrifice their bodies for anything and it just had off to those guys so that was that was my guy but okay. listen that didn't get me down just made me do a little more research um wanted to pick another guy, but he, you know, he hasn't been around long enough. He's definitely a stampede stallion, but, you know, his time will have to come in a few years. Okay. Um, but I got a good one here, man. I, I, I got a good
0: one. I'll tell you what I did and... just before you give me a clue here. Like when, okay. you know, whether I'm like perusing Twitter or watching an old game or I see a highlight or I'm on Facebook or something, I see a person post. I just like, I have a little note in my phone here. And when I see a guy, I th- Stampede stallion and I I just compile a list so yeah, that's actually uh, that's real good yeah president of the of the bellies actually gave me a, a suggestion the other day that that I put down on my list as well it's an absolute good one so I appreciate that so this is how I compile this list here of stallions and right now I got let's see one two three four five six I got seven guys in my bank Jamie so that wow that's like fourteen weeks I'm on easy street here because you have said huh. so you know, I'm just saying, prepare yourself a little bit
2: uh, because i got to do a lot better. i got to do a lot better job here. I mean, my approach is a little different. It's remember that I'm the guy that's doing the stallion this week and just try and think, you know, and I'm trying to stay away from rock guys. Um, And I'm just trying to think of guys that, you know, over my 12 years in this league, you know, who stood out to me that, you know, it's easy to say, you know, that superstar player and that and these guys are all great players but you know the idea behind it and you know usually hopefully someone pops in my head so you know they have made an impact to me in the game as, as someone i view a, as a stampede Stallion. i love it so, okay
0: so not a toronto guy that doesn't count as a clue but... well oh.
2: okay. hold on a second <laughs> here there, there, there's a little there's a little asterisk there okay okay I got a, a, what Hang year on, I it. Hey, oh I gonna i just get a swing
0: for the fence here without even a clue. Can I do that? And if I get this, this would be an all-timer.
2: Yeah, and if you get this, I'll be a little annoyed. But give her. Is it Patty Campbell? No. Okay. But that's a great stand. <laughs> Sally.
0: <laughs> you that, can put them. I'll give them to you. You can put him on the list. We don't have to do it okay.
2: uh, you can, I'll, me. I'll, I'll me give you that a cannibal. Okay. This. This, uh, person was drafted in 2011 by the Toronto Rock, but never played for them. So in my tenure was drafted in 2011 in, I believe the fifth round oh. <laughs> and, Listen, this guy's a stallion. Okay, and never and never played for the Toronto Rock.
0: Fifth round, two thousand and eleven, drafted by Toronto, but never played a game for Toronto. Okay, Uh, Keegan Ball.
2: No, okay, like Keegan Ball. Um. Well, this guy's got one of the best mustaches in the league. <laughs> uh, Phil Caputo. No. Uh, he played- I'm talking like full-time year-round mustache guy. Love it.
0: Full-time year-round mustache guy. Okay. Uh, man, I'm not a big mustache guy, but I should probably know this if he's full-time mustache guy.
2: You're a big fan of this guy.
0: I am. Uh, okay. Uh, can you tell me? I, I don't have a guess yet. Give me give me clue number yeah. three.
2: Clue number three.
0: Can you tell me what team number. he plays for now? Or is he still playing? Or does he play?
2: He's absolutely playing. Okay. Um, Stephen Keele. Right, yeah. No. Oh, I think he's already on the list. He's pl- He's played for two franchises. And one of those franchises is gone, and one of them has relocated.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, one of them is gone. Twenty eleven. Is it is Albany the relocation? No. Minnes- so is it Minnesota to Georgia?
2: No. Think closer to home here, and I'm not meeting where you live.
0: So Rochester to Halifax. No. <laughs> I am so is that, brutal at is guessing. That, is, that,
2: is that close to home?
0: Well, no, but you said, but not close. You said, think closer. How, how
2: about okay? How about Edmonton to Saskatchewan? Okay. Okay.
0: okay. Uh mustache. Edmonton to Saskatchewan, twenty eleven draft pick.
2: Boston Blazers. Why am I not getting this? Oh. Uh, boston Bail. yeah i this this week's stamping stallion of the week none other than ryan dill ah,
0: i got it under the wire
2: <laughs> you did you just beat that i was about to give it to are milk. you sure
0: Dilksy wasn't on the list already i feel like Dilksy was no there. yeah
2: i just i checked it today after i saw lordy on ah, you right fifth round
0: toronto you're yeah I should have I should have got that in last guesses. So well,
2: let me tell you something quickly about Dilksy. So we lost Dilksy because that was back in the day when he was on our practice roster coming out of camp. Oh, you told
0: you him. told me this. So yeah, tell me yeah. this again though because this is brutal. So oh Sawyer, it is that's brutal. Right.
2: It's, Sawyer. it's Sawyer, and I still <laughs> give it to him about this. But what happened was back then. If the guy was on your – so Dilksy was a fifth-round pick, just blew us away in in camp. And, you know, he made our practice roster, and we loved him and whatever. But back in that day, if he was on your practice roster, another team could sign him. him. Yeah, they could basically say, okay, we want to sign Ryan Dilks, and that forced us to put him on our active roster. Or we had they got his rights and they put so that's how we lost him and he and he never played for us and thank God that rule got changed but um, you know he went to Boston one year there in the dispersal draft to Edmonton and you know a um, mainstay on that defense I mean you know a lot of people um, you know obviously Corbeil and and uh, Rubish you know, our, let's say the headline names there, but Ryan Bilks is, you know, he's been an absolute stud for them for that franchise for 10 years or something like that. And, and he's continuing to do it to this day. And uh firefighter, I think that lives in Edmonton. Brand new dad as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know what, Ryan Bilks is. Mustache man. He's just
2: a great guy. And we, we have his brother here, but, You know, I've I've just always had a ton of respect for Ryan. He's he's tough to play against, and you know, I I think he's absolutely hilarious too. Falls in that
0: category. One of the funniest guys you're ever going to meet. And I call Ryan Dilks the Swordsman. Um, And what Ryan Dilks is better at than anybody else in the National Lacrosse League is picking off passes.
2: Like, I don't... It's just a, it's a talent, It man. is a, I mean, such it a all, knack like a... that
0: he has. He just gets his stick in the right spot, and that's how he gets his breakaways, and he just kind of sits at the top, and he just waits, yeah, and then he just... Yeah, he but
2: he doesn't, like... I don't want to take a shot at Steve Toller because he was cheat. one of the best... No, he doesn't at cheat. Picking off, ...at picking off passes, but he does not cheat. Like, he is a tough defender, first and foremost, yeah. and, then, and then he does. He picks off a ton of passes... He's good in transition, and I know he's a great, you know, a great leader and a great guy, and and you know, a big part of why that team's been so successful over the years.
0: Well, I will tell you, it means a lot to me that that you picked Ryan Dilks, and and I'll tell you why. You know, when the Vancouver News, I, I kind of dropped the Vancouver News. Ryan Dilks, the first player to text me and wish me good luck in Vancouver from Saskatchewan. So not something he needed to do by any means. And it was kind of like, Oh man, like that meant, that meant a, a lot to me that he just kind of reached out and said, you know, best luck in Vancouver. We'll miss you here in Saskatchewan and just a solid. So, and when they, when, when he had to take off there for firefighter probation, Saskatchewan missed him dearly, missed him dearly. And, and they're happy to have him back and, and the rest of the boys on that back end for the rush. So, Great, great selection this week. Jamie Dowick, I'm brutal at guessing. I'm going to try and get better at this because I really, like, I, I look stupid. <laughs> they're trying to guess. But I love it because it, it's fun for me to, to try and figure out who you're who you're talking
2: I about. mean, and who knows if the clues are good or not either. That's no, the they're, they're thing, right? one, I
0: want to get out. Well, I'm wondering, like, people that are listening at home or wherever they may be are going, yeah. like, God, you're stupid, Jumbo. Like it's obviously Ryan Dilks after like two clues, but uh, maybe not. I
2: wonder if Dilks. How quickly
0: Dilks he got. (laughs) Hope he listens. He's still. He's still guessing. He's the Stampede Tack Stallion of the Week, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Canada's largest Wrangler dealer, and they offer everything for men, ladies, kids. You need some jeans. We have them in large variety of styles, colors, and sizes. How about that classic Western shirt? Maybe some pearl snap buttons. They have those, too. Jean jackets, of course. Flannel shirts, you bet. Stampy tack and Western wear located in Cloverdale. I was out there in the Dale, drove by. Unfortunately, it was a Sunday. They're closed on Sunday, so I couldn't stop in and see Kevin, the gang, but... They're there online every day, 24-7. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And anything you can imagine Wrangler-wise, they got it there at at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. So there you go, Stampede.ca. We appreciate them. Uh, They've been with us since day number one. And it'll just be mere days. Uh, We're counting down the days until the triumphant return of who you got. Uh, hopefully my man, Evan will hop back on board and keep score and get, get all that in place for us. I hope he will anyways. Uh, Cause I've been dying to play a little, who you got Pick some games and all the rest of it. Speaking of, uh, I mentioned last week, Jamie, the power rankings uh, lacrosse flashes is, is doing up the, the boys there. And you said right here on this podcast, put me down, put Toronto down as, as 14. I don't care. We'll work our way up from there. So, my boy timero who listens to this podcast every single week, who's got the hammer on the Google document there, I think is overriding everybody. Jamie and he's dropping the rock to fourteen. So when you see them down there at the basement, don't don't get alarmed. This is this is your doing, and and that is where you're going to start the season, according to Lacrosse Splash Power Records. Well, hey. They-
2: Whatever they want. And, um, no, no, no. This is be, something yeah. you
0: wanted. This is something you wanted, and that's why it's happening. You said put, uh, put the rock down at 14, hey, and we'll start from let's there. Let's do it, man. <laughs> okay, it's done. Di- I believe What's it's cool, di- be- done. They, they I'll tell you one thing. They
2: won't
0: have to explain it to me. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you can explain it to me. I'll get it. I mean, then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'll,
2: I'll understand it. All and right. I'm good with it 100%. Okay. Yeah, Just saying. You can explain it to uh, the rest of your team while, while you're down there. So
0: Anyways, look for those coming out soon. Look for another episode of Lacrosse hey. Classified coming next week. What? You got something else before we go here? No, All right.
2: I'm good. All right. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was a great show.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, another, yeah, it was a great show. Big thanks to Cody Jameson yeah. for, for coming on the program. To our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and the National Lacrosse League. To you, the loyal listener, the biggest thank you always goes out to you every week for checking out LAX Class. We'll be back next week, every week, right here in the home of it, Lacrosse Flash 154 coming up next week. Don't forget, get in the DMs or send me a message. Let me know where you want to go, Lacrosse the Nation, who you want to hear from. I know Nanaimo was was quite upset uh, last week, Jamie. We had a lot of listeners tuning in last week. The numbers we got a big spike uh, coming out of Alberta last week with Johnny Lynch, but Nanaimo not particularly happy with uh, with the promo I was running because it was all St. Albert Miners highlights in the Presidents' Cup final in Nanaimo where they lost in overtime. So they weren't they weren't. <laughs> happy about that. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll put Nanaimo on the list, so we may be going to the to the Harbor City next week. You never know. But let me know who you want to hear from each and every who's week. Your, who's your guy in
2: Nanaimo?
0: I'll have to think about that. I, I, I'm going to give that some thought. I don't want to spoil that quite yet, but uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned on that. I'll say that. So, big thanks to everybody, sponsors, listeners, guests, uh, co-hosts, all of it. Appreciate it. It's another great episode. We'll be back next week, but this week is now... Over for Jimmy Dowick, come I in Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, stay classified.